This is a podcast from Seven Vineyard. Well, here we are on this Palm Sunday, the Sunday before Easter, as we look back, as we come near to the end of Lent, and we look forwards towards Holy Week and this week that is coming, as we remember today Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem and then we start to imagine ourselves into the Easter week story of coming up to Passover on Thursday uh, where Jesus uh, the last supper as Jesus ate with his disciples and then coming into Good Friday and the focus on the cross the the silence and confusion of Easter Saturday and next Sunday the hope that we'll celebrate together um, next Sunday. I want to take this moment a little bit to look backwards and to look forwards, not just to look back uh, to to look backwards to how Lent's been, but actually to look back on this year because this week has been the week that we've commemorated it being a year. Um, since the start of lockdown and uh, as I've looked back over the year remembering that this time last year um, I was speaking uh, on Palm Sunday uh, in this same room and it feels like what's what's changed and uh, what's stayed the same over this uh, bonkers year that we've had. Um, Dictionary.com have done a people's choice word of the year. Um, I wonder what you think the word of the year has been. Um, Maybe you could uh, just turn to the people around you and say, I think it's this. What do you think? Um, They actually said that their word of the year, their chosen word of the year, dictionary.com, said to almost describe the year has been pandemic. Um, But that wasn't the number one choice of the people who voted uh, in their online survey. Um, The number one choice was unprecedented. I think we used that a lot, didn't we, in the early days of this journey. These are unprecedented times. The Queen is off of the table. This is unheard of. We've got no way to process this. It's unprecedented. The the second in the top five vote of word of the year uh, was pandemic. Um, The third was lockdown. Um, The fourth was chaos or chaotic, um, confusion and disorder. The fifth word on the top five was quarantine. Um, Quarantine, and that was actually the top for some of the other websites doing this, the Lexico set of websites, that was their top choice. And that fascinates me as well, because quarantine, the root of that word, actually comes from the Latin word uh, quarantina for 40. And it it was the word, the, the understanding that you would set yourself apart for 40 days. Um, And that's just what we've been doing in this season as we come to the end of Lent. I learnt uh, 
doing the research this week, the quarantine that ships would that, that would have had disease on them would have quarantined outside of a port. They wouldn't have been allowed inside a port for 40 days. That's what quarantine looked like. And we're just coming in this to the end of a quarantine season in many ways, not just Lent, but in terms of lockdown and I hope in terms of uh, chaos and pandemic of what we understand is going on. Other, other honourable mentions, by the way, in this survey were words like COVID-19 and mask and social distancing and Zoom, which... <laughs> We didn't use half as much a year ago as we do now. Um, Last year, at this moment on Palm Sunday, um, I was really exercised. Uh, I was looking at the narratives of the four Gospels, all telling the story from different viewpoints, from uh, Dr. Luke, religious Matthew, creative John, and man of the people Mark, um, all of them telling the story of Palm Sunday from different perspectives. I was really impacted by that, that even Christmas is only in, from t- in two of the Gospels. This story was in all four. And I, I was looking to take the big picture narrative of all four and try and distill it down as to what God was saying today. Um, this year, I feel something different uh, rather than taking a big picture and distilling it down, I'm wanting, of all four stories, I want to focus just on two words. Two words that I, I think are the words for this season that are from the Palm Sunday narrative in the book of Mark. And that is, Jesus said to his followers, um, go ahead, go ahead to the city. Go ahead of me and uh, and find a donkey, which I will then ride in on. He, he said it again later that week as they looked to prepare a room. Um, go ahead into the city and prepare a room. I just want to focus on those two words because I wonder if they are the prophetic words for us in this season. As we get ready for Easter, how is Jesus saying, go ahead to you? Because I think often we focus on um, the idea that we're following Jesus. You know, the start of the Gospels in Mark 1, Jesus said to his followers, come follow me. I've got some, I've got, I've got plans for your lives. I've got a purpose to give you a future and a hope. Come follow me. When, when they didn't know what was going on, when they were ignorant, uh, almost in their understanding, it started with come follow me. But as we come to the end of the story, Jesus doesn't say anymore, come follow me. He says, go ahead of me. Go ahead, prepare the way. And I wanted us to look today, uh, what does it mean to, to go ahead? Because I wasn't just looking back at at the talk from a year ago to almost understand where I was a year ago. One of the other videos I've been looking at this week, thinking about, was um, the interview with Carol Wimber that was shown at the Leaders Conference 
um, just before uh, the start of lockdown. Um, Carol was the wife of John Wimber, the founder of the vineyard. And um, John Wright, the leader of vineyard in the UK and Ireland, um, flew over to California to, to interview her a little bit about the legacy that, that we have in the vineyard. The link for this video you can find in our study notes and application questions that will accompany uh, this talk on our website. And, and one of the questions he asked her in this video is, um, what do you think God is saying to the church today? What I see is, it's not just for the vineyard, it's, it's for all of us. Uh, and God showed me, it was about five years ago, and I was in church, and I was just worshiping, and I wasn't thinking about anything. And except it, there was a presence of the Holy Spirit in the room, and I thought, uh, you know, where's that, where's that spark that makes it explode? You know, like when Lonnie was around, Blaine was around, and John, John was the torch. And I thought of them as torches. Where are the torches? And I'm just kind of thinking out loud to the Lord. And then, uh, then he turns it around on me. He said, where are the torches, Carol? And uh, I'm thinking, what? You know, what, me? I don't know, Lord. I don't know where they are. Um, well, I know some of them blew it, and they're not in the ministry anymore. And I know, I know some of the others, but uh, you know, you know what, what all happened. And uh, he said, Carol... You've, you've looked at something uh, the wrong way, and I need them in their places. I need all the whole body of Christ in their place for, for what's coming, and it is coming. And that, I mean, that's just how I heard it. And it is coming. And I have, had the sense of urgency. He said, I need everybody in their places. And he said, you thought, he said, I have, he, this is what he said. He said, I had them covered. He said, the trouble is, Carol, you've been looking at, you've been looking at the Christian walk as a, as, as, as a time that we would be getting, you would be getting, we, the people, getting closer and holier and, uh, and uh, more acceptable to God. And as time goes on, we're more perfect. And he said, that was never the story. The story was my mercy, my redemption. It was never the people's redemption. It was, it, the story was me, my grace. The whole story was my, was my grace, my grace and love and provision. He said, I had them covered. And so I thought, well, what now, Lord? What now, what now? He said, I want everybody in their place for what's coming. So, and I'm like, okay, Lord. So I went home. I was in shock because, I mean, my whole theology had just changed. Uh, and I started praying, you know, I got in the living room, started praying and praying, praying. And, and uh, for every one of these people that went through my mind, it was like a Rolodex. I could see face after face of people, that, guys and, and women that weren't in the ministry anymore because they had disqualified themselves, you know. And either we got them out or they took themselves out, out of shame. And, and he made me understand, I had them covered. And so I prayed, 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 and then they just started showing up. Well, I didn't call anybody. They started showing up at my house and over about a two-month, three-month period. And I told them, I mean, I was so 
so grateful they were there. I, I pulled them in the house. <laughs> I said, I've got to tell you something. You need to, you need to get back, get back in your place because he needs everybody in their place. And, and he showed me a picture. You've been thinking it's like tiles. Well, he's gone, but another tile. He said, it isn't like tiles. It's like a piece of the puzzle. Nobody fits but them. I have to have them in their place in the body for this thing to work right. And, uh, and so, I mean, that changed everything for me. Mm. And I talked, I talked to a lot of them and uh, they're, they're, they've been back in the ministry and going great. Mm. And, uh, I mean, I had some apologizing to do mm -hmm. out of my uh, ignorance. I mean, I did think the story was about, about our growing holiness and so on. It never was. It was always about His grace and mercy. Mm -hmm. And he'll, he'll take care of the rest. He knows how to deliver us. So mm -hmm. anyhow, that's for the whole world. That it wasn't just for our church or our group. That's for the whole entire church. He needs us in our place for what's coming. And I, I didn't know, I'm not sure exactly what's coming, but I know it's coming and I know it's soon and I know it's huge. And it's going to be the whole thing. It's like nothing we've ever seen before. And that's kind of scary and wonderful to think about. And this plays out across the whole body of Christ. The whole, really, and not the whole just body torches, but to the whole thing. Place. You need to get it, what it is God's called you to do and do it with all your heart. Mm -hmm. Because it's so very, very important because no one else has been designed to do it. Like you will do it and you're the one he calls and no one else can, will ever be able to do what he's called you to do. Because we really are unique. Each one of us, unique. Designed for our place. And that goes for the church in the U.K., especially for the church in the UK because you're right after us and uh, New Zealand and all the countries, the, mm -hmm. the church everywhere. I mean, it's coming and it's going to be so big and so huge and wonderful, but terrible too. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we need to be in our place so, so we can handle the influx because masses of people, masses of people are going to be brought in. We think people have disqualified themselves and, can't be in the ministry or can't do it. God's, but that, that's not true. He's bigger than that and he had his covers covered. So just do it. Everybody knows in their spirit. Everybody knows in their spirit what you're called to do. So do it. Won't be sorry. Work out what God's called you to do and then go and do it with all your heart. Go ahead. So as we start to see lockdown loosening as we start to live in the directions of the dreams and of our dreams and the opportunities that they're afforded to us I think now is a season to start dreaming to to go ahead and say um, I want to find my place I want to find what I'm good for what I've been called to do and to do it with all my heart and I'd like to suggest to you, say, well, what does that look like for me, Mel? Um, I want to suggest to you a quick checklist um, that, that uh, I've often used with people uh, that we call processed peas. Um, I love it being processed peas because it's all things beginning with P. Um, but it's also the idea that it's processed peas. So... Um, We've actually done this with organisations where we've had big cans of peas and people have put their ideas into each can. But each of them is something starting with P. 
So I want to give you seven quick P's to process as you think about what is it, what is Jesus saying to me to go ahead and to take my place for what's coming. Each of these P's um, answers one of the key open questions. If you've ever thought, I find it difficult when people give me uh, just monosyllabic answers, just yes or no's, that's probably because you're not um, asking open questions. I know that's been, especially family gatherings. I just remember some painful family gatherings where all I got was monosyllabic answers. And I need to work out a way to ask questions better. And then somebody told me uh, this great little uh, rhyme, which is, in the arts of conversation, there are six good and trusted men. Their names are who and how and what and why and where and when. And these P's answer the, each of those uh, open questions. So the first one, the first P to process is your principles, your why. We've talked before in this environment about uh, uh, the, the TED Talk and book by Seth Godin about start with why, um, know your why. As you go ahead, I think my why is what's my principles? What's my principles that I want to be informed by? And I'd say they come down to two scriptures. One is Matthew 6, 33. Seek first God's kingdom coming. We've been praying it for the last six weeks. What does it look like, Lord, for your rule to come? I love Liz Nixon's reflection on Friday in our Pray Every Day reflections, where she quoted Dallas Willard and talked about um, it should be the most, it should be the fullness of, of your imagination, of all your creative excitements, is to imagine the kingdom of God coming. What does it look like to seek first God's rule coming, the fullness of your creative imagination and his right relationships and everything else will be added to you? So that's my principle, my why. We're called more than anything. That's my foundation. We're called to seek his kingdom coming in our broken world and to do it with right relationship. And the second, I think, is where... Um, Jesus tells a story about uh, a servant and uh, the servant says to his master, um, uh, when, the, when the master comes and sits at the table, uh, we, we don't expect to sit at the table with you. Um, we are unworthy servants, uh, only doing what we've already been told to do. Some of my why is is just being reminding myself of uh, what do I know that God's already told me to do? Uh, what are the things that I know that I've already been told to do that maybe now he's saying, now go ahead, now go ahead. I'm gonna be with you. But when you reach maturity, you don't any longer need to say, God is this you. It's actually, I know the flavours and feels of what it is to walk with you, God. And it's time to go ahead and live into what I know I've already been told to do. Um, the second P, processed P, on the checklist is your priorities. 
of what is it that you specifically, what are you good for? What are the verbs, the things that you're most about? I'll, I'll put into the, uh, the notes that you can see a brilliant TED talk on um, how to explain what you're about uh, in under seven minutes. And it's brilliant because this guy basically says, uh, what you're supposed to do is not just what you're passionate about and good at, but being able to talk about the verbs of what you do, who you benefit and how they change. Um, it's the idea of being able to explain with verbs, my priorities is what I am most good for. So what do you go ahead and actually do? What are your verbs? What are your action words? The third P um, is your practice, the how you want to do it. Um, how, what are the tonal things? What are the, the, the elements that, that are specific to how you want to do it? For me, if, it doesn't, if it's not going to be fun uh, with people that I can actually take myself not too seriously, um, it's not going to work very well. I, I know that's part of how I need to do things. The fourth P is um, your people. Um, who is it? you're called to most go ahead with. Uh, John Knox, uh, the Scottish revivalist said, if your heart is as my heart, then give me your hand. I think he beautifully echoes the armour bearer in the story in 1 Samuel 13, where Jonathan's armour bearer says to him, do what you have in mind, I'm with you heart and soul. Who are the people who are saying, uh, I want to join with you, heart and soul. Who are you saying to, I'm with you, what you have in mind, I'm with you, heart and soul. And who's saying it to you about what's on, on that you have in mind? They're the people to go ahead with, to invest your time, energy and money in focusing around. The next process P is the places, the target. Acts 1.8, um, when Jesus says, says uh, after the resurrection, go ahead to his disciples, he, does, he gives them specific places. He gives them specific uh, target places. The task is to be his witnesses. But where? In Jerusalem, where you are now. There, the next challenging culture over there Judea and Samaria and way over there to the ends of the to the ends of the, the earth he gave them specific places when you think about going ahead to go ahead what's the place that that you think God has put on your heart so people place um sixth p is program timings What's the when of this as you think about going ahead? Is it now or is there a wait for the Holy Spirit? Or do you already see God's hand moving that you go, wow, as Carol Wimber was pointing us to, um, things are aligning in a way that it's now. We need to get on with it. And finally, the final process P 
is make a prophetic plan. What's your plan that's specific, measurable, attainable, realistic and time-bounded to be smart? Uh, what is it that, that you can now live into to say in three months we want to be there, in six months we want to be there? If Jesus is really saying it's time to take initiative, to go ahead, to find your place, what does that mean for you? As we come on into this season where um, the other thing that dictionary.com said, it's, it's not just those words. There's also some of the words of this season have been about resilience and hope. As we now live into the hope of not just Easter, but the hope for the next season of our lives. How are you going to go ahead? Let's pray.